Mark Tui joins us for the morning brief, advisor to business and political leaders. Good morning, sir. Good morning, John Moore. All right, so what's your take on the Greenbelt report that came out yesterday? Because I've been saying on the show this morning that I, I didn't think it was going to be that bad. Uh, it, there's two things about it that uh, I find fascinating from a, a public officer report perspective. Uh, the first one is is she's quite upfront, uh, Bonnie Lissick, the Auditor General, in her report that this report has no foundation within her mandate. She says off the, off the top that the purpose of the report is to maintain public trust and confidence government and its ministries. They have to show that they're transparent decision-making, and that's the motivation for the report. And yet her own description of her role on her website, you know, reiterates her legal mandate, which is to look at the finances of the province by carrying out detailed scrutiny of government spending. Uh, there are people whose job it is to make sure that the government does its job properly and maintains public trust and confidence, and those are the leaders and the members of the opposition parties. That's their job, not hers. Her job is to look at spending of public tax dollars, and there were zero tax dollars, as far as uh, her report seems to indicate, spent in this case. This was, uh, you know, a another issue. She's commenting on the policy and the politics of it. That's not her job. Uh, maybe she's setting herself up for a political career because she's at the end of this career as Auditor General. I don't know. The second thing that I found interesting was that she basically exonerates the Premier and the Minister of any specific wrongdoing by, you know, admitting there is no evidence that they did anything wrong, but she sort of really points the finger at uh, the Minister of Housing's Chief of Staff, and he comes out of this as the villain. And, you know, if I was uh, in the premier's office, uh, I would probably want to suggest that this guy's time in public service has come to an end. Yes, he can extend his Italian vacation. Um, just one quick aspect to what you were saying, though. I mean, she may be out of her lane, but that doesn't mitigate against what she found. Uh, no, but a lot of it is opinion and policy sort of preferences, and that's the role of the opposition uh, to take issue with that, not her role. But you're right, and I think the government is has been wise to sort of say, look, there's some evidence, you know, there's some issues about the process that make sense, and they've committed to, you know, make the changes that she recommended. Um, at the end of the day, from a political perspective, this might cost one political staffer his job. I, I, she's quite clear that it isn't the fault of the minister, but in a normal you know, world that existed 20 years ago, the minister would absolutely take the fall because it happened on his watch. Uh, that doesn't happen in any government anymore. No. It'd be interesting to see if it happens in this one. But, uh, you know, it's... It's just an odd duck. Like there, this is this seems to have been a, a pet project of Bonnie Lissick, who's photograph I find fascinating, although it's not that uncommon. But you know, the first page of substance in the document is a big picture of Bonnie Lissick. <laughs> I hadn't seen that. Well, I guess it's an author photo. Yeah, uh, exactly. Give us a bit of an insider perspective on what it's like to put the team together. I don't even know what the name of it is. I mean, basically, Olivia Chow and company are building their new administration. So that's going to be everything from the composition of committees and commissions to 
you know, other, other staffers, who's going to chair various things, if the speaker's going to remain as Francis Nunziata, but how does the process work? Yeah, it's, uh, it's a process of uh, making a, uh, appointments to committees, boards, uh, agencies, and uh, the corporations that the city owns. The city has 53,000-plus employees. It doesn't know how many employees it has because it changes every day, and most of them don't actually work for the city of Toronto proper. They work for all of the agencies like the Toronto Transit Committee or the Toronto Arts Foundation, all of whom get paid sort of on the public dime. But... Uh, this process is partly political and partly managerial, and there's a heavy dose of, uh, of art involved. So at the end of it, the mayor wants to come out with a bunch of councillors. She's got 25 uh, members of council. She wants to be able to get a majority on any vote. And so there are some who will follow her through thick and thin, the hard left. Some of those may be rewarded with a perk, which is uh, a nice uh, position, higher profile. But most of them won't be because she knows she's got their support anyway. It's the people in the middle, that the Shelley Carrolls of the world, who might vote with her if she doesn't hate the mayor. And so, like, what do we have to give Shelley Carroll in order to get her to support the mayor on the mayor's key issues? And that's the balancing act. And so there it involves uh, a bunch of interviews, uh, usually with the mayor's staff to uh, talk. There's a formal uh, survey that the city clerk does of city councillors asking them, what jobs do you want? Uh, all of that gets thrown into the mix. And, uh, you know, in the mayor's office, we were given a huge document that sort of had cross tabs for every councillor's every wish, uh, plus that combined with our own sort of meeting notes and what the mayor uh, preferred uh, becomes a suggested slate that then gets handed to the chair of the striking committee, which is the committee responsible for putting all of this together officially. That uh, then will be entered uh, into the meeting this morning when striking committee meets uh, with, for the first time with the, the new chair appointed by the mayor. Uh, and that person will move a motion with uh, all of these names and all of these jobs, and there's hundreds of them, uh, hundreds of jobs. 25 names and uh, and they will probably approve it on a straight uh, thumbs up thumbs down sort of a vote as a slate there'll be a little bit of you know proposals from some disgruntled councillors who want their names added uh, they might get added but probably not and then it goes to council for an official uh, rubber stamp uh, worth noting, Shelley Carroll is on round one. Brad Bradford is on round two today. Everything I hear from sources suggests Shelley's going to be happy and Brad may be a little sour. <laughs> we'll find out when they get here. Um, Vancouver Hospital is defending the fact that a woman came into the hospital saying that she had suicidal ideation. And as part of the questions they asked, they said, have you thought about MAID? Now, I appreciate this can be spun as hospital pitches killing woman who is suicidal. They insist it's just a means of trying to evaluate how serious she is about trying to end her life. Yeah, that's a normal practice. I mean, anybody who's ever seen a counselor or a social worker or psychologist or psychiatrist for a depression or that type of thing, and, and I'm one of them, uh, you know, they ask you, have you thought of, uh, you know, harming yourself? And then, you know, if you sort of suggest that you had, and in this case, the woman, you know, attended at the hospital because she was having those types of thoughts, uh, they ask, you know, have you made a plan? 
you know, do you know how you would do it? Because they're trying to figure out how real this is and how imminent the threat might be to yourself. Uh, I'm kind of with the hospital on this one. Um, I, I think it's, you know, the, the subtext to what they, uh, they point out in the background of the article, which is all that I know about this is what was in the article, is that, you know, the easiest way to see a psychiatrist in Canada, including in Ontario and British Columbia, it might very well be to apply for an assisted death because then you have to be seen by one who has to assess you. Uh, trying to get to see a psychiatrist uh, any other way is really, really ridiculously difficult. Thank you for this. Good to have you this morning. Thanks, Doug. I appreciate your candor as well.